Hi everyone, Laura Johnson here, one of your co-hosts from the Back to Basics podcast. In this episode, Lulu Batista and I continue our interview with Angel Russell about non-monogamy. Please be sure to check out part one from last week. In part two of our interview, we talk with Angel about their experience with non-monogamy, answer some questions, and bust some misconceptions. This episode is sponsored by premium adult porn streaming service, Adult Time. Adult Time. Porn done differently. If you want to learn more about Angel's work, visit ProfessorSex.com and Tickle.life. And check out their podcast on Tickle.life with their partner Stephen Russell called Sex Ed Speakeasy. Sex Ed Speakeasy takes a fun look at the history of sex and sex education and the impacts that history has had on us today. And it also includes a featured cocktail for each episode. Thank you so much for joining us today and let's get into it. scope of this sorry no 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 actually that so so i'm going to kind of jump ahead a little bit this is we have you know for people who are interested in potentially exploring ethical non-monogamy because that's just completely related to it how would you tell your partner that you're interested in exploring it and if your partner is on board for exploring what are your next steps how do you set these rules um, I think that the first, the very, very first step, whether your partner's on board or not, is how sound is your relationship? Like, ask yourself, why am I into this? Is, am I in a relationship that feels busted? And I think that doing this will fix it. It's like people who have a kid when their relationship is busted and now all the kids have more problems. You know what I mean? Or like, yeah. like if you're, if you're feeling like your partner's not giving you enough attention and you think this will fix it, go get a puppy instead. Like, this is not the answer. Like it just isn't. And you're going to be bummed out because it's just going to be more work. Like it's, it's, um, so you have to have, I would say that if you're opening up an existing relationship, you want to make sure the relationship has good foundations. And if it doesn't, I say like, do some therapy first or get with an educator first, learn some good communication skills between you practice, just honest, open communication. And then when that starts to feel good, you know, then kind of go from there, but bringing it up in the first place, I mean, it's like bringing up anything you want, you know, like you, um, I, there's a lot of ways to do it. Some people are just direct. They're like, this is what I'm into. Um, I would say, don't do it right when the person comes home from work or don't do it in the heat of a fight. (laughs) Don't use it as ammunition against them. Don't do it. Like it's an ultimatum, like, you know, be open. Difficult conversations are good to do on long walks. Like take a walk together. You're walking in the same direction. So you have a common goal. And so like mentally your brain is associated in that conversation with a common goal. And then maybe oh, I love that. There. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, so that's, or watch like, a sh- like, honestly, if you think it's kind of hot, like put on like a show about it or put on like a porn about it and be like, how does that look to you? And kind of feel it out that way. That's like another way to utilize uh, or read an erotica or a story about it. Or, you know, oh, I read this article about these people that do this thing and, and like kind of feel it out that way too. And just see if that sounds interesting to them, which might be like a soft way. If that feels passive aggressive to you, it's not the right choice. If that feels safe mm-hmm. to you, then that means that'll work for you. So you just kind of have to use what feels best for you. But yeah, that's, I, I would say, yeah, start just 
you know, you just figure how, how else do you bring up hard stuff? Do it the way that works best for you. If you don't know, also get with a coach or an educator and like work out like a plan, like a script or something. So mm -hmm. write them a letter. Yes. I love writing a letter, like write a sexy story about you and doing this together or, and really? phrase it and phrase it about like how it will impact both of you. Like take the time mm. to consider that before you bring it up. So yes, you're definitely going to be focused on your own wants and needs. That's why you're bringing it up. It's exciting to you. You don't want to assume it will be to them, but really do think about the ways it will impact both of you and try to be considerate of that when you're talking to your partner. Uh -huh. Okay. And what would you suggest to do if, you know, you disclose this to your partner and they are not on board in any way? Oh. I think that you have to ask yourself what it is that you like about it. Okay. Is it like important to you to actually be in relationships with other people? What do those relationships have to look like? Would making more friends outside your marriage maybe scratch that itch? Would watching a lot of threesome porn maybe scratch that itch? Would um, taking some time to just fantasize on your own, like just creating some of your own space for your own sexuality scratch that itch? Sometimes people head towards non-monogamy but there may be really after something different or mm -hmm. non-monogamy is one of many ways they could get what they want. And so I would say like the first step before you throw the baby out with the bathwater is like, <laughs> what is it about non-monogamy that's calling to me? Mm -hmm. And see if there's a different way to scratch that itch that is still in the bounds of your relationship. That being said, sometimes some things become deal breakers. Mm -hmm. There are some things for some people that just like, okay, I get, we get couples. I know Lulu, you probably have two couples who like don't have the same level of um, libido. Yeah. And there's only so long that can go on where the only thing you can say to those people is when is this a deal breaker for you? Like you can't force your partner to have a higher or lower libido. You can't force your partner to want or not want sex you can say, this is the situation I'm in. Is this livable for me? And can I be satisfied and happy and be a committed and loving partner in this? Mm -hmm. And if it's a deal breaker, like that's okay. Like it's okay for stuff to be a deal breaker. It's heartbreaking and it's sad, but it's also yes. like just a thing that happens. And so don't take it lightly, but honor yourself and, and have honest conversations. Again, loop in an educator, loop in a coach, loop in a therapist, before you build up a lot of resentment. It's not your partner's uh -huh. fault. Just the same way that you can't help that you're being drawn to this. It is not your partner's fault that this is not their bag. And they're not attacking you by not sharing this interest with you. They just, it's not there. And so find a way to like have those conversations without making it personal. Uh-huh. Oh, so important. I love that. Uh-huh. Um, Okay, so maybe we can get into, if you feel comfortable, um, some of your experiences being poly um, and being currently in a, in a polyamorous relationship. Um, so how did you know that you were poly? Um, well, actually, I kind of was a little bit messy at first. Um, I saw it in mainstream <laughs> and I was like, that looks really interesting. And it kind of lit up some conversations. And my um, partner at the time had like a similar, like, oh, that looks interesting. And then through the course of discussions and experimentation, we learned we were not on the same page about that. And there were actually other things that were deal breakers that just ended up being kind of one of the, like a few things that were just like, okay, I don't think we're compatible. And so, um, 
And so uh, when I was able to kind of be on my own and explore it ethically, you know, because again, I didn't want to be like behind anybody's back. And so that was the other thing is I waited to really explore until I could do so without breaking the commitments I was in, which doesn't happen for everybody. And like, okay, but you have to clean up that mess if that's what happens. Like, but yeah, it's, it's okay. People are messy, but I just was able to kind of get out of that. And then um, I, my big like aha moment for me actually was um, not relationship-based. It was, I went to like a poly uh convention conference thing um and Ooh. I went there to just teach you yeah I went to teach yoga because they were gonna let me in uh like comp my ticket if I taught yoga while I was there and so I wanted to scope it out but also have a purpose for being there so that if I got there and decided it wasn't for me I would still like have an excuse to like just check things out without seeming like a creep and then I just felt like really at home I was around all these people and the way that they were talking about relationship made a lot of sense and um I don't know it just it was like Oh yeah, this, and it explained a lot of things that had been problems for me in the past with monogamy. Cause again, mm-hmm. it's like two totally different mindsets. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask. So did, before you, you saw the show and went to the conference, did you have like inklings that this was something that you wanted to pursue prior to being exposed to that, but you didn't have like the language or. I, I, yeah. But yeah. I couldn't have even said that at the time, like looking mm-hmm. back on it, I'm like, Oh, well it, it I just, I mean, also like I, some people have a few partners their whole life, one or two or three, you know, they have a very like, they just approach relationships from a very like concise and committed and long-term way where I really enjoy dating. I really enjoy connecting with people. I will fall in love 15 times a day. Every time someone cute is at the store, <laughs> you know, and I just, I just had a very like, um, we call it like a unrestricted sociosexuality in terms of like how I connected with other people always. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to respect monogamy, but I, it was like this idea that like I could be in love with someone. It didn't just shut down that like there was a part of me that still noticed and became aware of other people like that never just shut off. So it was mm-hmm. always like this battle of like, not again, like I didn't have problems staying faithful, but it was, my heart was very like, mm. okay, I guess these are the rules, but like, I still, you know, where other people didn't feel like, fulfilled. You didn't feel fulfilled in that space because you, from just listening, it's like, I just can't do this. I need this this, and I can't get there. It was more like, you know, that song, I only have eyes for you. And (sighs) the guy sings like he's only looking at his lover. It was more like that wasn't true. Like I Uh didn't only have eyes for the person I was with and I didn't expect them to only have eyes for me. Mm-hmm. And so I liked to do things like go to strip clubs together and like watch my, I lo- loved watching my partners flirt with people. Cause I was like, yeah, isn't my partner adorable? Like, I loved that. I thought that was great. Like, and so I was like, when non-monogamy like occurred to me and when I learned language for that, I was like, oh my God, that's a choice. Like, and it was just like, so many things clicked, but yeah, I never would have had the language. I grew up in a very, like a uh, very Christian environment where that was like not a choice. And so it was like a real eye opener for me. <laughs> You know, you know what it also sounds like, Laura, It's like, you know, when you're on the verge of an amazing um, release sexually and then someone stops, you're like, wait, what, what is <laughs> happening? Excuse me. <laughs> Are you sick? Or, or the toy dies. What is really happening? Who, yes, who did it? Like, <laughs> we were almost that is, home. That almost. is a great comparison. <laughs> yes, they um, understand. They got it now. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha
And now, an ad from our sponsor, Adult Time. Launched in 2018, Adult Time is a streaming service exclusively for adults. It is a platform built by fans who believe in a future where mature audiences can safely, securely, and proudly have a place in their lineup for premium award-winning adult content. Dubbed the Netflix of porn by mainstream media outlets, Adult Time offers an extensive catalog of over 250 channels, 60,000 episodes, and 8-plus new releases per day from some of the most recognized studios, including Girls Way, Pure Taboo, Burning Angel, Fantasy Massage, 21st Sexury, and Vivid Entertainment, alongside exclusive original series, feature films, and much more. Adult Time. Porn done differently. Okay, so uh, you're currently in a poly relationship. So maybe you can talk about, you know, what are some of the best parts of being in a poly relationship and maybe some of the most challenging parts? Um, Okay, so I actually don't describe it as a poly relationship. I'm in several relationships. Like, that's the thing is, it's not like one relationship. Like, I'm in a relationship with my husband. I'm in a relationship with Lexi, my girlfriend. I'm in a relationship with my partner, Liz. Like, I have, so I have these, like, it's multiple relationships and then there's the dynamic we all share my Mm -hmm. so Steve actually he's like I have a favorite story that I want you to tell so his his like one of the perks he he was planning my birthday party last weekend and because my deal was I'll have a party as long as I don't have to plan it and so um he was he was doing putting all this stuff together for everybody to bring stuff for like a giant charcuterie board like that was the theme Mm -hmm. and so he did all this stuff and he said like a couple hours before the party it like occurred to him that he forgot anything that resembled a cake he's like I just completely and this was like hours before the party he's like I had no so he called Lexi my girlfriend and he was like can you please get them a cake like do something and him and Lexi coordinated and Lexi was able to go get a cake and it was this beautiful thing actually Lexi brought me cupcakes which was even better and so it was and the two of them were able to like coordinate this thing and they just have such a great relationship and we're really good friends with um Lexi's husband too and so but that having that relationship was just Steve was like it was so nice to just and Lexi like really saved the day and and they had a good laugh about it and so that was one of the perks is like having an extra pair of hands to kind of help take care of the people you love. Yeah, that's amazing. So, that's awesome. Oh, and the other question was challenges. Um, yeah. So like, do you find like, is there any difficulties in, when it was like, when you were first kind of establishing these different relationships, did the rules change over time or is it, you know, hard beating new partners, like any, you know, just that type yeah. of stuff. I'd say the two biggest things are one, learning not to set rules. Like rules are, okay. people mm. look to break them. Rules are a ridiculous way to try to control each other and they don't work. And I learned how to set boundaries instead, which boundaries are like about me and my time and like the things I can control. Right. That's a really about, again, respecting agency. Like that shift in my mindset was a big help. But the other thing is, and this is just for me, you'll hear polyamorous or non-monogamous people talk about how they're not jealous at all. And I am like, that's a lie. Like I am, I am like a, such a jealous person and I can't help it. Like I just feel it and not for any reason. I just get like really bad FOMO. Like I always feel like I'm missing mm-hmm. out. And so it's not that I don't want my partners to have a really nice time with each other or with their partners or like, I love, I'm so happy when they're happy. But like, I always feel like I'm missing out and I always feel like I want to be part of it. And so I have a lot of emotional labor I have to do around oh. feeling like I'm missing out when I'm not like part of everything. And I'm, I think I'm good at like not making people pay for that. Like, but it's just my own uh, challenges. 
people so, are like, so when those feelings come up, like, how do you, how do you work through them? Well, I used to be kind of a crier and, um, that was really frustrating for me because I would be emotional because, you know, again, I don't want to make my partners feel bad. So right. if they go home yeah. and I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Then they feel bad. And that's like emotional manipulation. And I didn't want to be that person, but now my way to deal with it is first to check in with myself. I won't let my, I won't let myself use the word jealousy because yep. I don't think it's a helpful word. And so yep. if I have, it makes me describe my feeling in a different way. And so I have to ask myself, do I feel left out? Do I feel betrayed? Do I feel lied to? Do I feel like, is it something that is coming from inside me or is something that's happening inappropriate and we need to discuss it? Mm-hmm. And then that tells me like, do I even need to tell my partner I'm feeling it? Or is this just something that's going to pass? I'm going to go take a bubble bath and like smoke a joint and I'll be fine in an hour. Mm-hmm. Or am I being, is like somebody, has somebody broken some agreement we have and we need to have a conversation? Sometimes it's as simple as asking for time. Like, hey, I see you're yeah. in this new relationship and you're really excited about this person. And um, I, I'm so happy for you, but I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling a little left out. Do you think we could schedule some more time together? Um, it. and it's like that simple. So I, but I have to decide first, like what is actually happening? Cause we're used to with monogamy, like I'm jealous, fix it. And like, we right. put it off on our partner right? and like, that's just not like a reasonable way to handle it here. And so, I mean, it, you can do it, but it'll backfire. So, yeah. 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 And I, yeah. and I think as you've, been, <laughs> as you've been talking about, like, these are things that also need to be addressed in monogamous in monogamy, relationships. Yes. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> Yeah, because people you know, just, do get jealous of, you know, mm-hmm. maybe the your your spouse's best friend or, or a sibling. You're like, yes. well, why y'all having so much fun over there? What happened to the fun over, you know, so, yeah. How come I'm not in on that? Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. I agree with oh, that. Oh, yeah. People get jealous all the, that's the thing is people are like, oh, you can't be jealous. I mean, I'm monogamous. Yeah. Like jealousy is a feeling like any other feeling. Mm-hmm. It's just like feeling sad, happy, angry, any feeling. It's just an emotion. And most yeah. feelings all feelings will pass. No feeling is permanent. None of them. They're all going to pass. And so most feelings work themselves out with time. So I always tell people, if you're angry, if you're jealous, if you're whatever, write down all the things you want to say to your partner, but don't say them. Just write them all down and then Mm -hmm. sleep on it. And if you still want to say that stuff in the morning, at least you will be able to say it calmly. You'll be able to say it without being, you can't take, once you say things, you can't take them Mm -hmm. back. You can't run and say them. And so seeing them in the heat of the moment, like that you, when you are jealous or sad or angry, you feel like you're going to die. Like your cells feel like they're going to burst in those moments. And I don't want to minimize that that's an intense feeling, but those feelings are lying to you about the situation. Yes. Having a valid feeling doesn't mean it's in proportion to the situation. Like it can be real and not be appropriate. And so like, just sleep on it, eat about it, cry about it, like, you know, take a bath about it, masturbate about it. But like, and then when you've let it pass a little bit and you've let it move through you a little bit, decide if it's worth even saying anything about. And mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, I decide it's not. <laughs> like that wasn't it's worth so it. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah, that's, that's, that's such that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So maybe before we wrap up, if we could just kind of go over some misconceptions about ethical non-monogamy, poly, et cetera. So does engaging in non-monogamy mean that you just want to cheat on your partner? No, in fact, it means you don't want to. 
like really like mm-hmm. if I just wanted to cheat if we just want to cheat on our partners we just cheat on our partners why would I go through all this freaking work of talking about everything all the time and like it's it would be from a conversation and labor standpoint cheating's easy <laughs> like <laughs> um it just is like it, it's mm-hmm. so much easier to just cheat and deal with the anxiety but like yeah if you're committed to non-monogamy it's about commitment and honesty and it's about like, you have to be honest with yourself and, uh-huh. um, and you can definitely cheat on non-monogamous people. If you're breaking your relationship agreements, that's cheating, whatever that looks like. And so, mm-hmm. right. yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. Okay. Uh, is non-monogamy just for people who want to have a lot of sexual partners? No, in fact, well, okay. It depends on what type, what type mm-hmm. of non-monogamy you're talking. Like if yeah. you want a lot of sexual partners, uh, non-monogamy is what you're doing. Like that, I mean, you can want it and not act on it. If you Mm -hmm. act on that behavior, that is non-monogamy. So are you, um, but not everyone who practices non-monogamy is, again, if you're in a relationship focused version of non-monogamy, you're probably having less sex than monogamous people because you are spending Mm. a lot, you're spending a lot of your time together talking. And your time is more divided between people. And so you're doing the other things people do when they haven't seen each other in a while, you know, you're kind of catching Mm -hmm. up on stuff and you're finding other ways to bond and connect. And so just like you have new relationship energy where there's like a lot of sex at first or whatever, but mostly over time, it actually, for a lot of non-monogamous folks does kind of end up, especially poly folks, like it does kind of end up being less sex because it's just, um, Mm -hmm it's just a little bit, you just don't have the time, like your time looks different. So, right. and then throw right. kids in the mix and you're like, somebody tell me what sex is again. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. You know the, gotta read um, And then I think we've addressed this a lot, but maybe just to kind of summarize, can you be in a committed relationship, but also be non-monogamous? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you, there's, yes. And I, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's the point. Um, and again, if you're if you're doing non-monogamy and you're lying about it, that's just cheating. That's not non-monogamy. And yeah, it's commitment is the big deal. Again, depending on your approach. Some people are looking to date around. They're looking to have lots and lots of sex. They're looking to have lots of sexual partners that have that sexual fluidity. And that's freaking awesome. Like, go you get tested, please. And like, do your thing, you know, and um, (laughs) I'm like more power to it. Um, Everybody should be getting tested by the way. That wasn't a shot at like sexually active people or sexually um, like, like a lot of sex people having a lot of sex. Um, But yeah, I, uh, yeah, the commitment's important if you're into like a style that is relationship focused. And if you're not, you're committed to honest conversations. Right. You have if you are not in it for relationships and you're having a lot of sex and you're having a lot of sexual partners, you are committed to getting tested frequently. You are committed to having conversations about protection. You're committed to having conversations about your relationship boundaries and the relationships you don't want to have because sex and feelings go together for a lot of people. So you're going to be having that conversation kind of a lot if if you're trying to approach it ethically, which again the best way to think about the ethics of non-monogamy or monogamy is the other people I'm involved with are people. I need to respect their agency. I need to treat them like human beings who deserve autonomy and respect. Like that's the bottom line is how am I treating my partners? Whether I'm with one person or 50 people, how am I treating my partners? Yep. That's very important. It's like a four part episode. 
<laughs> I, I have a I have a feeling I mean uh, our listeners might be annoyed with us but uh it, this feels like it's going to be a two-parter because uh, I think we've just, fine it's we have great episodes yeah I mean well we've just covered so much ground and like I want people to be able to like digest you know in in smaller chunks maybe, this is like, a very heavy stuff. foundation that we're yeah. building here this is a one of those thick two by fours you put it down you know exactly exactly, exactly. The, house, the house is very stable right now um yep Okay. As we so, want. <laughs> absolutely. So before, um, before we, we wind down, um, are there any final thoughts, things you want to promote uh, before before I get into the outro? Oh, um, okay. Final thought would be, again, polyamory non-monogamy is not going to fix your broken relationship. So mm-hmm. again, my my, if you can help it, get that solid foundation first before you act. It doesn't always work in that order for everybody. That's okay. Things are fixable. You might just have to clean up a mess. Please call a therapist. Please call an educator. At that, I would definitely say like, Lulu is a great person to reach out to, to promote my own stuff. Professorsex.com, you can find me. If either one of us aren't a great fit for you, we are well-connected and we'll help you find someone who is a great fit for you. For sure. Happy (laughs) and healthy. Like, so that's what I'll promote is head to professorsex.com. I've got a book coming out in April. Um, which I'm really excited about. It is a interactive sexual wellness journal um, that I'm, I am co-authoring with um, Dr. J, Dr. Donna Jennings. Um, and so, yeah, that is, that'll be out in April, maybe April, spring. Let me just put quotation marks around the word spring, but that'll be out <laughs> at the first part of next year. And so, but all that'll be at professorsex.com and we'll also probably promote it on the Yes, second quarter is looking nice. Yeah, I, I'm excited to check that out. All right. So that's all for this episode of Back to Basics. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. And thank you, Angel, for being with us today. Um, again, the house is so stable right now. And uh, I think I think everyone's going to really benefit from um, everything that you've talked about in this episode. It was fantastic. Um, oh, so please- the podcast yeah. Unfuck Your Polyamory with Liz Powell and oh. um, Kevin Patterson. Kevin Patterson, uh, Liz has a book called um, Building Open Relationships, which is for any style of open relationship, not just non, like not just polyamory. It's for any style. It's interactive. It's awesome. And then uh, Kevin Patterson has a book called uh, um, Love's Not Colorblind, and it's specifically about polyamory and alternative relationships in communities of color and like how to how white communities can learn to do better and um so both books are amazing and they have a that would yeah. be i'm sorry i was like wait one more resource don't worry are like i'm in it where do i start Start. <laughs> and the podcast probably poly is all about polyamory ethics and so Got if you're it. looking to like give yourself that clean foundation or clean up a mess probably poly okay that's it i'm done i, I know you said we're done i'm all done now <laughs> no no that's great as many we want we want our listeners to have um access to as many resources that we can give them. So this is fantastic. Uh, so where was I in that outro? Okay. You were outroing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> this is all staying in because we need people to see behind the scenes. Um, also, <laughs> so uh, Angel, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, these were such fantastic resources. This was an incredible conversation. To our audience, please hit that follow or subscribe button to get notified when new episodes go live. Also, if you like what you hear, please consider giving us a review wherever you're listening to help other folks find us. So on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I think just started a a rating system. So please, please, please. Um, This really helps people 
find our content. If there's a question that you'd like us to answer, please send an email to podcast at tickle.life. That's podcast with a T singular at tickle.life and of course check out tickle.life for all of your back to basics needs and if you want to follow angel please check out professorsex.com um angel made some great videos for tickle.life for back to basics actually they founded back to basics so uh, we have a lot to thank <laughs> them baby. for you guys are t- the stuff you guys are doing with it is amazing i love the show i love oh, it oh thank you thank you uh that's that's really wonderful to hear um and so uh, this comes out right before New Year's. So happy New Year's to you <laughs> happy all. New Year. Happy New Year. We will see you in 2022 with some fresh content. And so Ooh. have a happy, safe, and healthy holiday. Thank you so yes. much for joining us. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Toodles.